are listening to the Off the Line podcast, and as always, I am your host Rahul Panikar. Joining me today is a very special guest, all the way from Vellore. It's Mr. Blessing Calvin, who is a die-hard Chelsea fan and has been for over ten to twelve years, I would say. Yeah, sir. Uh, yeah, close to fifteen years actually. Right from two thousand five, I've been following Chelsea. So that's exactly when Marino was there, and Chelsea was just like you know surging and. Uh, Right from 2005, so at least close to 15 years, I've been following Chelsea now. So uh, we're starting a new segment on our show where we where we will be taking a look at the season prior from the eyes of fan, and this time we have a Chelsea fan, like we just heard, who I'm sure will have a lot to say about this particular season. Isn't that right, sir? Oh, this season was a roller coaster. So I mean, if I have to speak about Chelsea, I can go on and on and on that because that's one topic you know that just gets me going. But yeah, this season has been a roller coaster of a ride. So there's so much to discuss and talk about. Right. So as you mentioned, there's so much to talk about. So let's start at the very beginning. You know, even before the last season began, uh, I'm talking, of course, about the new signings. And now, after a transfer embargo that you know lasted for about half a season, I assume uh, Chelsea splashed the cash on about. It was almost like they wanted to buy an entirely new team. So the the results of those have been mixed at best. So let's start off from there, and then we'll make our way through the different stages of the season. Uh, I don't I don't want to really go into every signing in depth. More like you know your what do you feel about the signings, and you know more on that. See, I think one of the good things about the transfer ban was we actually had in I mean Chelsea actually had enough money in the bank to you know just splash out, and also uh, comparing that we had a. Uh, relatively very young team and a fresh manager uh, finishing off top four kind of boosted the opportunity of bringing in more talents. You know, like whoever they wanted, they kind of like could get. And uh, and I mean the the mission ahead for the next season also seemed very promising. So Chelsea were able to get in all, literally everybody they wanted. They got. So. I mean, in in a way, it was just the beginning of that season. You know, that transfer time, even before the season began, every day you could like you know, there were updates about Chelsea is going to buy this person, Chelsea is in talks with this person, and I mean, every day you open your phone, there's a player that Chelsea is buying, and it didn't end even when once the season started. You know, because we bought Mendy quite. Uh, I mean. I think first one month into the season is when we got Mendy. So I think it went on. So it was a really exciting time where they were just uh, splashing out cash and getting as many as players. And I think the mission was to win everything. It, I, I didn't. I don't think the mission was to win only one particular trophy. I think the idea behind getting in so many talents was to win literally everything that was possible to win. So yeah, I mean the beginning of the season with all the fresh signings was a really exciting time. And I mean, I I really cannot uh, say that there was one bad signing at all because everybody has performed in patches here and there, and we I mean we are yet to see the best of everybody. That is uh, one thing for sure. We are yet to see the best of everybody, but everybody has uh, performed here and there. So I think uh, as of now, at least one season down after we bought everybody, uh, we cannot say that uh, there is a bad signing at all. I mean that's again. I'm a Chelsea fan, so I'm going to keep saying that we didn't have a bad signing at all. So that's how I uh, feel about the signings this uh, season. Yeah, I mean, for sure, I'm I'm of the opinion that everybody should be given at least one season before you make a decision. Uh, like you know, there are people calling out uh, Donny Van der Beek being a flop. 
because he didn't start a single game for united this season that does it's that's not how it works there is a small, small adjustment period and there is a small you know there's a lot of things that goes to uh, coming into a new country especially cuz you know the, the whole corona thing and they couldn't really go out and socialize they couldn't really do anything which is a point i think uh, avinash made on our previous podcast so all that being said yeah i would i, I would agree that chelsea didn't have a bad signing per se at the same time they didn't get the best out of their signings in the very first season that's also uh, that's something i have to add but uh, bringing in an entirely new core you know there is uh, there is that aspect of finding your footing or you know, finding the right formation so what do you think sir do you think that lampard had a plan to accommodate all these new signings uh, i mean once you saw the signings coming in it, it did look like there was a plan in place but then from the first game of the season uh, i mean if you saw chelsea were never really clicking you know the signings were not really clicking there was no uh, chemistry between the players and the link ups were really bad so everything that i see i i honestly believe that uh, frank lampard had a plan but i don't think the plan that he visualized was actually happening when he put the players on the field so i think that is where the vision was there but then once he got them on the field like you said there were so many other elements uh, playing you know so i think they, he he was not really able to get the best out of them and uh, what he visualized the plan that he had really was not uh, you know happening on the field so yeah i mean of course yes plan, uh, frank lampard did have a plan and uh, we are not really sure how, why it did not work out in the first uh, few months or so at all um like like you mentioned no signing was a bad signing but you do have to say that some of these signings did struggle a little bit you know while uh, adjusting to the whole premier league climate so do you have anything you want to add on that that front as well of course of course see, because see we we all felt that timo werner was made for premier league because he had a fast play he had those quick runs so we i mean the moment you saw timo werner play for bundesliga you always thought that you know he's, he's going to just try, fit right into the premier league but that was not so there was not so because you could see that he was lacking confidence on multiple match days and he, even though he started the season off uh, relatively good i'm not going to say it was amazing start to the season it was relatively good start to the season but as the matches went on once the goal stopped coming i think his uh, confidence took a major major hit and that being said that was shown very clearly on the pitch because there were certain shots he was not taking which he could have been taking there were certain dribbles that he was not going for which he would normally go for and it, it, i mean it, it just i mean not just uh, werner uh, per se if you saw uh, howards to say howards because i think uh, howards was one of the major player to struggle with the transition because uh, once he came he was uh, he had covid and uh, the moment he kind of like you know came out from that he was still not uh, 100% fit and match ready but they kind of still put him on the field because you know he's a expensive signing you've got to get your expensive signing always on the squad so i think they were not really able to get the best out of howards but then if you saw towards the later end of the season howards was really showing why chelsea were buying him or why chelsea bought him so yeah uh, most of the players if you saw even zh uh, to be honest some of those crosses that he would effortlessly make were just not there at all like they, they were just not there at all or even if he made those crosses 
the chemistry or the you know the communication between him and Werner and what were not really clicking so i think uh once they changed the core of the squad i think uh it just didn't mix up rightly chelsea just didn't mix up rightly at the beginning of the season right so now like you mentioned harvard so i wanted to ask is was harvard meant to be a first team player from the get go or was he meant to be an option for the future like something that chelsea were planning like you said lampard's plan for the future what do you think of something like that uh see if you saw howards play you would un- you also know for a fact howards could have could be used in multiple positions you know he kind of like fit into multiple positions effortlessly you could use him as a false number 9 you could you could you could use him as a you know proper attacking midfielder whatever you chose you could uh, really use him you could even sometimes using in the wing if you want uh but what happened with chelsea was last season if you saw chelsea looked like they were having a good midfield play like if you saw the midfield play right from last season it kind of looked like chelsea were set on that midfield it didn't really look like we needed much more players there uh, but once you got howards in the whole dynamics of that midfield changed you had to fit him in because of the expectations with which he came in and i'm pretty sure chelsea had a idea of uh, you know starting him as a first team player right through i don't really think howards was a, a second season kind of player because if i mean especially if you saw his season in bundesliga howards was never going to be the you know let's wait another season to start him completely howards was meant to be a first team player right throughout and that that's when the doubts began you know how are they going to accommodate mount if they're going to start howards and so all those kind of then if you had to accommodate mount as well who are you going to drop behind so i think in that mix up howards was not getting certain game time in the beginning but then again his uh, you know his he got affected by covid and so initially he really could not he was not available for most of the team picks and then once he was picked up i mean you saw he was tired because if you see if you saw some of the runs that he made it just looked very tired so i think yeah to answer your question howards was always uh, going to be a first team player but then again chelsea just didn't understand i, I think chelsea didn't uh, realize that if you ha- if you made howards your first team player you had to make a lot of accommodations in the whole midfield scenario true yeah like it didn't uh, yeah it, you, like you said you know you might have to replace mount or you might have to replace somebody else in that midfield so um moving or like there there were other signings as well so i i'd like to you know like you said uh, one signing that actually stood out in the bunch was uh, of course edward mendy uh, his signing was not only shrewd it was also what the club needed because they didn't need a big signing like oblak who could you know come and i mean we all know jan oblak is a great goalkeeper but that was not the signing chelsea needed at the time they needed something shrewd they needed something ex- uh, inexpensive but get getting the job done and edward mendy has more than stepped up to that plate so what do your what are your thoughts on you know edward mendy you know coming up and stepping up into the premier league see uh, initially i i really didn't i mean to to be honest again it's a personal view initially i didn't really think there was a need for a, a signing of a goalkeeper at all uh and i'm saying this only because you know how much chelsea bought kepa for and uh, the potential that kepa had right 
and then if you saw the first three matches kepa's uh, confidence just kind of just went down 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 and within that few time frame if you if you i mean if you saw kepa's movements in the box his decision making while he was passing the ball to the defenders all that were very questionable so i think i mean then there was one spe- uh, specific match against liverpool if you saw i mean the, he made a major mess up out of that match and right from then you understood that okay we needed a keeper and it had to be somebody with experience and i mean again like you said it was i mean chelsea really didn't need a very uh, expensive signing at all at that particular moment especially for a goalkeeper so i think edward mendy was exactly the kind of signing that chelsea needed then and he more than stepped up to his uh, you know to that uh, signing that they got him for because he he right from the first match if you saw he kind of like owned the box you know his communication with the defenders were amazing he 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 never looked out of place any match any match he never looked out of place he, i mean he was just amazing right from the word go so like like i mean like i said again uh, i really did not believe that chelsea needed a goalkeeper but then after seeing kepa low on confidence it just looked like chelsea needed to fill that or just give some i mean give him that you know thought okay you are replaceable so i think edward mendy was that kind of you know right person to fill in and uh, probably two three more seasons of edward edward mendy if kepa stays again it's good because i still honestly believe that the best of kepa is yet to come so let's see that is that is actually wonderfully optimistic uh, you know <laughs> considering the performances kepa has put on i mean not slagging the dude but uh he actually shown the concentration actually it was more of his you know uh, short stopping ability it, he has he's had a bad uh, short stopping number from the very beginning you know and uh, yeah i'm pretty sure the confidence thing would not have helped in any way uh but you know moving on from the goalkeepers uh so in all the new signings that were made a player that i would like to say stood out was not a new signing he was it was mason mount who even with the added pressure of kai harvards coming into the team uh, maintained his position in the team and actually excelled so what do you think you have to say about I mean, what do you have to say about uh, mason mount and his progression uh, see i mean uh, i remember having this conversation with a friend of mine and uh, we were discussing about chelsea's new signing and he was asking who do you think is going to stand out as the signing of the season and i said for chelsea for sure it's going to be mason mount I know the signings are good but it's going to be Mason Mount because if you saw even right towards the end of last season he was just growing into his role you know he was just owning up to his position and uh, I mean you could not question his uh, uh, selection in the team at all and uh, even at the start of the season there was so many so much noise about uh, why pick up why pick Mason Mount that Mason Mount is you know uh, Garrett Southgate's uh, boy and Lampard's boy and all that and at that time i was really confused how could you be saying that about mason mount and it was almost like just to silence all those critics he just changed his that season around this particular season he just changed his playing style he got more physical he, i mean if you saw he was more physical with the defenders and uh, especially one on ones he 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 became he, i mean he was really good this season with one on one he he was not going to the ground quickly he was more focused on the ball and then his shots from outside the box has improved i mean 
even though i mean i I'm, i was really hoping that most of them just went in but yeah his shot i mean the number of shots that he was taking from outside the box has in- improved this season so mason mount for me right from last season just i mean last season end of last season right from beginning of last season also if i can say he has kind of stood out in the last two seasons i mean you, you just cannot question uh his selection in the team you cannot question his uh commitment to his role and even when you made him sit out i mean there were few matches he sat out once tushel came in and even then i i don't really think he made a much fuss out of it he he was just more determined to come in and just show what he is made of and yeah mason mount has just uh turned things around not just for himself he's given chelsea fans uh, a major hope for the seasons to come you know we just kind of have found a leader in a young player so yeah mason mount is just top notch actually yeah no now that you mention it so uh initially it was that he was lampard's boy then he was tuchel's boy now he's i mean now he's uh, tuchel's boy before gareth southgate's boy how much do you think lampard has had an effect on mount because you know as you know lampard is a club legend and he's managed him in derby county as well so how much of an effect do you think lampard had on mount's character and how he's developed right now Uh, I think uh, Mount. I mean, if I have to say, Mount would have been very lucky to learn from Lampard because Lampard n- knew that position in and out. He just knew that position so well, and uh, just managing Mount right from Derby County, uh, the number of goals that uh, Mount even scored for Derby County, and then there was some goals which were very very crucial, and then key plays in certain areas. So I think Lampard. I mean, Lampard. has made mount who he is right now with the i mean probably a lot of what we see from mount or a lot of what we see of mount now is uh, just a little bit mirror image of how lampard would have played right so yeah of course lampard's impact on uh, mount is unquestionable huge huge impact right uh, so you know you know what ha- like mid season uh, unfortunately Lampard had to part ways with Chelsea because the results are not showing, and you know I want to ask Nick. I want I've I've always had this question in my mind: Was firing Lampard the smartest move for Chelsea? Because I mean, it it for I again see it's a difficult question. You know, a manager getting fired mid-season it's nothing it's nothing good would have happened there. So especially that Frank Lampard was a Chelsea legend. How did you guys feel? You know, you had to say you had to they had to sack him, right? And what was the feeling you know i think you saw it coming you know you just saw it coming for a while you know because you expected something from lampard because we all thought that lampard had a plan i mean no discredit or no no how do i say this i i i mean like no bad feelings towards lampard at all because lampard is a huge club legend but then with all the signings that came in there were certain things that were expected of him and even though their results were coming in champions league in the cup ties and all that in premier league the performance was not somehow seen right so i think uh, towards the end i mean close to his firing close to lampard being kicked out from the club i think you saw it coming it was only a matter of when will it be towards the end of the season or will it be midway through the season i think it was only a matter of when and then i think once tuchel was free once you saw that because psg also had uh, picked tuchel out so there was a proper person But to tuchel you know tuchel was also let go exactly exactly so i mean from the manager i mean from the management point of view there was a 
uh, established manager who was capable of handling big names, who was capable of handling all these kind of uh, players at the same time. So I think you saw Lampard's firing coming even two months before it happened. Even though Chelsea were doing good, but you just saw it coming because the performances were not up to the mark. The goals were not coming at all. I mean, some of the matches, you expect goals because when you sign so many attacking players, you expect goals. Goals were not coming at all and so many draws. And Yeah, of course, it was, I mean, it was sad to see him let go of this way. But, I mean, honest to God, I think he will come back a little later on, probably 10 years down the line. There might be a chance that Chelsea might, you know, bring back Lampard as a manager again. And this time, you, we might see a different Lampard in action. Yeah, a little older, a little wiser. <laughs> exactly. Right. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, again, now Thomas Social has come into the club. You know, why do you think, I mean, how much... Of an effect, you know, uh, two of your Mahi signings this season were German players. Bringing in a German manager, do you think that factored into why Tuchel was bought in at all? Do you think that's why the players reacted that well to him? Yeah, I mean, uh, if you saw Tuchel spoke very highly of the players that Chelsea had signed. Even prior to the season, Tuchel had actually spoken. And uh, Tuchel has already worked with Pulisic, who was just playing his, uh, you know, second full-on season with Chelsea. So, I think... When you saw Tuchel, a German manager, and then you saw two uh, Marquis signings who were not really performing to their fullest potential, I think bring. I mean, the management would have thought, you know, bring in a German manager who can communicate certain things in a much clearer way, so that you know the flow of game is seen. And I think that would have been a factor. I mean, you can't take that away at all because there was one thing that Tomeo Werner said when I hear Tuchel screaming at me in German, it just keeps me going. You know, so I think, of course, it. <laughs> so I think yeah it, it kind of uh, did factor in when you wanted to bring in a new manager right no because you know Jorginho came out and he had you know had a word about Frank Lampard you know how how he said you know he was not ready it sounded easily familiar but like what uh, Lampard said about uh, Andres Villas was back in the day you know uh, you know maybe he skipped a few steps you know maybe he wasn't ready it sounded eerily parallel so uh, that yeah again like you mentioned letting Lampard go especially him being a club legend must not have been an easy thing but uh, there was definitely you know a more defensive solidity around Tuchel do you think that his style of play had something to do with that? Uh, see I think uh, right from the beginning if you saw Tuchel solely focused more on I mean Tuchel was more of a three people back kind of person he he, he was not really a full on four four defense kind of person he was more of a three uh, person he kind of believed his wing to you know keep running and then defending so I think when Tuchel came in uh, and if you saw the kind of defenders we had uh, you take Aspeliqueta you take uh, Rudiger Zoma and then we also had uh, uh, Silva Tiago Silva to I mean Tiago Silva this season so I think his defense was solid he just needed to make sure he had people playing around or on the sides that didn't really, uh, you know, make the defense or that didn't give defense way too much of a uh, job than they had to do. And then if you, you, I mean, we know, Yorino has a good defensive record. He, he's, I mean, even though he's not that good, he, he's still somebody who, who can come back and defend quickly. Kovacic is somebody who can come back and then Kante, you don't even have to ask about his, uh, you know, retrieval skills. So I think 
once Tuchel came in, he kind of got the defense going again. Because if you saw, the moment Tuchel came in, he got Rudiger back into the team. And uh, Rudiger was somebody who was just waiting to be put on the team. And when you see Rudiger on the field, he, he's not somebody who will just let the opponent take over. So I think that, that's a small shift or that small change in the back three kind of helped Chelsea's defensive record once uh, Tuchel took over. Yeah, so um, I mean, now that you've mentioned, you know, Chelsea's defensive record has, you know, upticked. Uh, there's been a good uptick in form in the defensive part, at least. A player I really want to talk about is uh, Tammy Abraham. Because last season, he was he was crazy good for Chelsea. But this season, he has been, uh, his game time has been non-existent. I'm not pretty sure, I'm not sure which match it is. But there was one match where you saw Tammy Abraham fight with Jorginho to take a penalty. There was one match where Tammy Abraham fought with uh, Jorginho to take a penalty. And it's my understanding or my... uh, I mean, my understanding of the whole scenario about why Tammy Abraham was not really brought into the picture is uh, that, I mean, see, you had Werner, you had uh, Giroud who was already just waiting and Giroud was not getting any younger. So even if you had to bring somebody else to play that super sub part, I think Giroud was always your first call to go. And then you had Pulisic also. Pulisic was also somebody who had just come back and Pulisic also could play both the roles there. So I think... Tammy Abraham, his lack of uh, uh, respect, I would say, towards the senior players at times, because he had to be, he had to be shut down at times. You know, he had to be nudged to stay down. And I'm, pre- I mean, I mean, again, like I said, this is just my understanding or reading of the whole thing. So I think that might have played into why Tammy Abraham is kind of in the wilderness now, because he he was not really ready to be a team player at times. He, he gave a lot in the first season, to be honest. But I think he was not... Say, for example, when you sat Mount out, Mount was not somebody who was just going to wait there. The moment you put him on the pitch, he showed why you should not put him on the bench. But Tammy Abraham did not really show up with performances about why you should not put him. Because, I mean, there was one uh, match against West Brom Albion where he did, you know, do wonders once he... I mean, again in the second half. But apart from that, I don't really think Tammy Abraham... Uh, replicated the form from the last season. And yeah, again, once you brought in a player like Werner and then once you had Pulisic full on and then even if you didn't play both of them, you still had Giroud waiting to come in. So I think that's where Tammy Abraham would have missed out. One, his discipline. The second would have been that particular place was way too crowded at times. The variety of... Way too crowded at times. That the variety of options would have, you know, yeah, it was like one buffet and you had to pick one. So, do you you think that kind of contributed to the whole, you know, you said, you know, they were not finding, they were not scoring goals in the middle. Do you think that maybe if you had put Tammy on at the time, maybe that would have worked out? Uh, See, I think, see, again, my understanding of the subject is if, if you had trusted Tammy to start off the season and kind of kept Werner a little, you know, brought in Werner a little after five matches or six matches, things would have changed because uh, you made Tammy Abraham feel that, okay, he's still the integral part of the team. And then you're bringing in a new signing because you're also allowing him to settle into the league and things like that. That might have helped. But then uh, 
I think Tammy Abraham, he's young. I mean, to be honest, he's young. So in his mind, there might have been a lot of things going on once he saw the signings around, and it might have hit his confidence as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, if you think about, would that have changed the goal uh, goals that Chelsea scored? Uh, might have because he was still the leading scorer in FA Cup, so might have. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, to be fair, that was a pretty difficult question. I don't know. I mean, uh, would that have changed? It it truly depends on who you know. Uh, what do you say? It, it really depends on how he was feeling at the time. You know, if he was not, if you're low on confidence, you will not score. It's as simple as that. That's actually what happened to Werner as well. You know, he you know he's still low on confidence. You know, he said that this was the most difficult season he's had in a while. So uh, you need to be confident in front of goal to score goals, and if you don't have that, that kind of defeats the whole point. Now, um, another thing that I have to say is, you know, last season we saw Chelsea had one uh, huge renaissance in terms of youth, youth, uh, what do you say, youth players being involved in the main team. But it seems that Chelsea have moved past that. It seemed like an a temporary fix for one season. What do you, what are your feelings about that? Because I really thought that Chelsea, Chelsea actually have one of the best academies in England, you know, like. Hands down, I think they would be about equal with United's academy. So, uh, knowing that, and you know Chelsea you know, reverting back into their old ways of you know sending out players on loan, do you think that is sustainable in the long run? See, I think Chelsea has always been that kind of team once Abramovic had taken over, right? I mean, if you saw that he was able to generate a lot of revenue from sending out players and he was using that revenue to buy in new players for certain roles. So, and Chelsea has always been that kind of a team. Yes, a lot of managers have spoken about the youth power of Chelsea. Like say, for example, Moreno has spoken highly about the youth strength of Chelsea. But uh, I'm not really sure if Lampard would have relied on the youth if it was not for the transfer ban. Right? And uh, we can play multiple scenarios there, but... We're not really sure if you were if you would have relied completely on the youth if it was not for that transfer ban, and also if you saw all the youth that came in that particular se- season, they were coming off from a very good season the previous year. Like say for example, you take Tammy Abraham, amazing season with uh, Aston Villa when he came, uh, Mason Mount, crazy season he came, and but even that, yeah. Uh, yeah, even James, I think he played for uh, Wigan or Wigan or something like that. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't remember where he said. Yeah, but yeah, I get your point, you know. Yeah, yeah if they, so were, they did have great seasons, yeah. Exactly. They all had a great previous season. So, they, they were uh, match ready for Premier League when they came in, right? So, it, it was an exceptional situation where you saw Chelsea's youth really performing right from the word go. Say, for example, I mean, why am I saying this? Uh, we have, uh, what was this guy? He, he's playing for, he was playing for Fulham. Um, Chelsea player who Robert went to Fulham. Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Exactly. Yeah. High, you know, again, another academic player, high on uh, potential, but he, he 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 was just like, you know, uh, one-time wonder kind of person. He, he was not really living up to his complete potential even when he was thrown in. Especially this season, last season, way too much was asked of him and I'm not really sure he lived up to that particular mark. And eventually Chelsea did what they do best, you know, send, send players out on loan. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I actually again. was surprised by one one. I actually was surprised by one player who decided to send out uh, 
Fikayo Tomori, you know, um, to AC Milan. And the, the, I think the deal has become permanent this season. I actually was surprised because, you know, Chelsea have a old-ish defensive line because Thiago Silva is around 36-37 years old. I don't think he'll have the legs for at least uh, another season after the next. I mean, sending out Fikayo Tomori seemed... Uh, selling Fikayo Tomori seemed kind of short-sighted to me. Do, do you think that affects... You know how Chelsea. I understand that's not that's how Chelsea works, but still. Oh, I mean, uh, right. Uh, even now, when I see the news that you know Timori is no longer a Chelsea player, it just kind of saddens me because Timori had that potential to be a long-lasting player for Chelsea. And again, I I would again say that to mismanagement of players in the back line because this season Chelsea relied more on the attack. They invested more on the attack. So, they were expecting more goals there. So, they didn't really focus too much on the defence. And, I mean, if you saw the defence that they brought in, they got one free agent from uh, Thiago Silva and then another was uh, Chilwell. And Chilwell too was not really a centre-back. He was more of a wing player. So, I think Chelsea did not really, at that particular time, when they kind of gave him out on loan, did not really, uh, I think uh, they didn't really think the... He was going to be this kind of an impact, you know, because if you saw his impact in AZ Milan, it was amazing. So I think there, like you said, a little bit of short-sightedness about how they could have managed uh, Tamori. Uh, I mean, it really pains to see that Tamori is no longer a Chelsea player. Right. Um, okay. Now, from a little bit of sad news, so probably something a little more exciting. Uh, coming to the end of the season, of course, we all remember that last day. I like, I don't think my blood pressure has come down even now. I think it's been almost a week. <laughs> because I was, I remember I was watching three matches together. I think hots are allowed for two matches at the same time or something. I don't remember, but it was insane. So, uh, and I didn't have anything riding on that match. I'm a United fan. I really didn't have anything riding on it. So, as a Chelsea fan, I can only imagine how you guys felt. Right. So, how important do you think that that fourth place in the Premier League will be? And how good was your performance on the final day? Because as you remember, it was a loss to Aston Villa. It, it was, it didn't really, you know, you didn't guys, you guys didn't really end the season on a high. So what do you think will be the mentality of the fourth place finish? Uh, see, I think uh, the, the reason they brought uh, Tuchel in was to get that fourth place finish. Uh, Tuchel was not brought in to win the championship or any of that. Tuchel was brought in solely to finish top four. And uh, if you saw, Chelsea kind of did that. Uh, or to say Tuchel kind of, uh, you know, got his first objective done. Right? But that last match was not Chelsea. If you saw that last match, that was not how you wanted Chelsea to finish the season. The previous match to that, the match against Leicester, that is how you want Chelsea to finish the season. You know, fighting it all out, giving it all there. And uh, again, I do not really want to blame VAR or anything. But uh, there were some matches. I mean, that particular, there were some moments in that matches which were majorly affected by VAR. So, I mean, I'm not saying that that is the reason that Chelsea didn't play. But again, Chelsea were not really getting the goals that they should be getting. So, I think as a Chelsea fan, I would like to believe that the season was over once the Leicester match was over. That high is how we wanted to end the season, you know, fighting it out. And it, it just looked like, I mean, to be honest, it looked like uh, the beginning of a new rivalry, Chelsea and Leicester. It just looked like a beginning of a whole new rivalry there. Because it, those scenes were very similar to the scenes of Chelsea versus Tottenham, you know, or Chelsea versus Arsenal. <laughs> you know, just fighting it out there. So I, I think that's, I mean, of course, 
uh, losing the last match to Aston Villa is definitely not how we would have wanted to end. And thanks to Leicester losing out, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. Oh. I mean, just the number of goals uh, yeah. from it was just crazy. Just to I mean, <laughs> of all people, it was Tottenham doing doing you guys a favor. So uh, and bail that yeah, too. it was <laughs> yeah, and bail that too. So. It just all worked out in the end for Tommy Tuchel, right? Uh, but you know, like you mentioned, I mean, I was talking more about the final Champions League spot, right? Because you guys still need to strengthen areas in the pitch on the pitch. How important do you think that UCL spot was to attract, uh, you know, talent from other clubs? No, because you know, if you had finished in the Europa League, there would be, you know, understood, understood. See, I mean. Once you finish in a top four, most players want to go go to club. When they shift, you know, they want to go to clubs that are uh, competing in Champions League. You know, so I think Chelsea finishing in top four was uh, very key. And now, if we see Chelsea, I mean, honestly, there are only two positions that Chelsea can really buy players from. I mean, for one, it's going to be a good striker, and uh, at least two central. I mean, young centre backs to kind of fill in once Thiago Silva and. Uh, as we are kind of running short of gas. So, I think, yes, very, very key uh, to getting in players for the coming season. But uh, so far, Chelsea have not really made any move for any players. So, it's going to be an amazing, crazy season to see what are the transfers that they're going to, you know, uh, bring in. Because with uh, with rumours saying that, uh, uh, who's that? Hazard might come back and all that. It's just, you know, it's just hyping the whole yeah. transfer window now. I mean, the transfer is about to open. You know, people need something to do. I mean, rumor generators are what we did back in the day. You know, we used to have you know, Torres going to United. All that rumor <laughs> generators are always there. So, so um, okay. Now, moving on to the the key or the cornerstone of your season. You know, is the match that's coming up tomorrow. So, we're taping this on Friday, 28th, 28th May. Uh, and you guys have a Champions League final tomorrow night. Tomorrow, <laughs> how unexpected was this final? Yeah, <laughs> how unexpected was this final? By the way, to be honest, I did think that we had we we would go much further than last season in Champions League. You know, I mean, final. I was not really sure, but I I did feel that we would go much longer than we did last season because see, if you saw, I mean, Champions League allows you to make five changes, right? So if you saw. Oh, certain. There was this one match where Chelsea were making substitutes, and our substitutes were Pulisic, Giroud, Kante, and uh, uh, Kovacic, and one more guy. So Chelsea's bench looked almost equivalent to a starting eleven, right? So I think Chelsea had the squad depth to rotate players and go the long way in huge competitions, or especially in Champions League competitions. So it was expected that they would go a longer way than last season. But yeah, I think once you brought in Tuchel, Tuchel kind of changed the dynamics. The match against uh, Real Madrid was a huge, huge thing because Chelsea and Madrid have not really faced each other in any competitive football in ages now. And I'm not sure if it ever happened. So beating Real Madrid and you know moving towards the final was it's it's very special. So I think yeah, 
being in the final itself is special but then just being in final is no longer interesting because if you see chelsea have lost like literally three finals in the last two years they lost the super cup to liverpool they lost the fa cup to arsenal another fa cup to leicester so i think one more loss is really not something a chelsea fan can take so i'm just hoping that you know tomorrow they kind of bring something up like they did against man city in the premier league and you know win the champions league right uh, so moving on um we've discussed so much about chelsea season so who do you think was your standout player for chelsea this season uh, definitely mason mount i mean mason mount kind of held the midfield together he kind of communicated between the midfield and the attack in the front so i think definitely for me a standout player would be mason mount and but i, I mean of course credit should go uh, to mendy as well because once you brought in mendy Uh, Chelsea were more safe and safer in the defense. So I think if I have to name just one, it, it would it would just be between Edward Mendy and uh, Mason Mount. Right. So uh, for my final question of the day, uh, if you were to sum up the season in one sentence, how would you do it? Okay, maybe not one sentence. That's that's a little <laughs> too nerve wracking. Maybe <laughs> how would you sum up this season? Yeah, I think for Chelsea fans, the season was. Uh, one hell of a roller coaster you know again but if you are a chelsea fan you were expecting i mean you are expecting all this sacking a manager mid season finishing the season on a high so all that is expected but one thing that stood out this season or one way i i would sum sum up the whole season is uh, one exciting i mean one hell of an exciting season so i think it's just the beginning of more domination from chelsea in the years to come so i, I mean again to just sum it up I, i'm i'm thinking this is just the beginning of a lot of dominance in the days to come because you you know what tuchel said we want to build a team that nobody wants to play against so i i i strongly believe chelsea is going to do that in the next season you know so i, I mean, yeah i believe the same <laughs> you know i believe that tuchel has something special up there let's see if the other clubs are you know any anywhere close to matching it i know city and liverpool are but let's see about the others Uh, I actually want to, you know, throw some light upon something interesting. I don't know if it's. I mean, it's pro- pretty evident. But the last time Chelsea were in a Champions League final, they replaced their manager mid-season. Yes, and they yes. ended up winning that final. <laughs> yes. So, do do you dare to hope? Is that is that in your system right I now? I mean, every time you see those, uh, you know. comparisons that people make on social media you're just hoping that every comparison they make just comes true so yeah i mean there's a hope that chelsea might do something because again defensively chelsea is strong but they need to be scoring goals because you can defend for say 80 minutes and then 5 minutes you sleep off the opponent is going to score so you, i mean chelsea really need to be scoring more goals in the finals if they really need to keep that hope of winning the finals alive the chances of your opponent score go higher as you know your opponents are not easy people their manchester city is not something small that exactly. they can defend for 80 minutes and you know relax true <laughs> very true very yeah, true so, I mean, again defending against man city is going to be a hell of a task okay so i think that's about it for this episode uh, thank you sir for taking time out from your schedule to discuss some football with us and you know thank you dear listeners for spending this time with us thank you so much panikal it was fun you know like i said talking about chelsea is always fun so yes thank you so much for having me over you're welcome you're welcome so thank you dear listener for spending this time with us be sure to check out our channel and our instagram page all the relevant links will be in the description below 
Also, do give this man a shout out and a follow on Instagram. His ID also will be linked in the description below. Uh, we'll be back with more content, and until then, stay safe and stay indoors. Cheers.